This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. You stupid, ugly bitches. I fucking love you. Your parents love you, maybe, if you weren't a piece of shit when you were younger. But we have a very special guest today. I've been featuring a lot of artists lately. Uh, we just had Tommy and Balloonski in. And today we got, my man, just introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Joseph Lee, and uh, I'm a fine artist. Oh, Joseph, dude. You, went, you did the full name. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I did the SAG name. That's what I did. Now, how you been, man? <laughs> Good, man. I got to say, this is the first time I've ever been interviewed by someone uh, cross-sitting. It's it like a whole different vibe. I love yeah, this. Yeah, this is mad casual. Originally, yeah. I had a, a desk, and we would sit across from each other, yeah. but then I was just uncomfortable throughout the whole podcast, <laughs> yeah. so I just switched out to couches because it's just easier. Yeah. I'm just going to take off the pants. I'm just going to sit oh, there. Oh, I would yeah. take off the pants. I absolutely <laughs> would. People hate the fact that in this video... Uh, I don't wear socks. They people hate. The, they your they fucking hate it. They're like, yeah. why don't you put on some socks? Your feet are disgusting. And I simply respond, "Fuck you." This is my podcast. Those people put obviously aren't fuck. Korean. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like, dude, put on some fucking socks. I'm like, no, I'm not putting on socks, dude. Get the totally. fuck out of here, dude. So what do you? So what's what's uh, what's going on with you, man? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate the hospitality. Oh, dude. Uh, fuck yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I've, I've just been hibernating in the studio, uh, getting ready to do an exhibit in L.A. Uh, November 16th at this uh, gallery called No Wave, N-O-H-W-A-V in Little Tokyo. And uh, I haven't done a show in LA in about three years. And pretty much I, I've just been since that time exhibiting everywhere else but home. So Dude, you, uh, you yeah. are legit everywhere, though. Like, uh, yeah, I, like yeah. I see your shit fucking everywhere, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's unreal. Like I, I just told you I was in New York and I, I saw your art in a gallery just go, just right next to my hotel. Yeah. It's like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what's yeah. going on? This guy's so annoying at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but you're fucking. I mean, how, how does it? How does it? I, I, mean, I feel just because like with with art, and I was talking to the, uh, Tommy about this too. Just like it's it's really hard to get to that point where you really separate yourself from the pack. And then your stuff becomes recognized for who you are as an artist, right? Mm. Because I think a lot of the times um, people will see your work and be like, oh, that's somebody else's. You right, know? right, And then right, you right. just become a, a bad iteration of somebody else's artwork. Sure. So like in your case, what was your, like your first break? On the on the art side, in, in a way, it's like I felt like I was lucky in the sense that I, I didn't really have any baggage because this wasn't by design. Mm. You know, for me, this was a complete counterbalance to the acting world and just uh, needing to be fulfilled in, in a creative way that was my own and yeah. to be stable from that. And so uh, there was really no pressure from the get-go. And I, I just really just started painting at home by myself and I would just post it up. And again, not not seeing any career, you know, foresight, anything like well, that. How old were you when, when this happened? Uh, I moved here 21, 22. And then I started painting like about six years ago. So I'm 30. Oh, that's recent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I doodled, you know, I would do like little you know, doodles like in high school and my notebooks and stuff. But in terms of actually painting, 
I, it was really like, it was moving to LA. It was, uh, just befriending other artists and just being inspired by all this, you know, the community out here. And, uh, you know, I figured, all right, well, let me just give it a shot. And then oddly enough, people started paying for it. And so, yeah. What the fuck? Only six years? Yeah, I man. thought you've been doing this your whole life, dude. Really? It's just because I'm an only child. And so like, <laughs> I work really well by myself. Yeah. So in a way it just kind of makes sense. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Six yeah. fucking years? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that's such an odd thing because like you 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 would never expect somebody to, I mean, in my personal opinion, be at that kind of like status in terms of like art just within six years because mm. it's, it's such a difficult thing to get into. Like I can't fucking draw to save my life, bro. I can't, <laughs> I can't paint to save my life either. I don't understand colors to save, to, can't, to do anything. Yeah. That's so, so how did you like develop your style then? really just trial and error you know i you know i'm not formally trained and so when i first started painting i just wanted to be technically good and so i i, I would literally i mean to this day I, I paint every day and so it was just a matter of like let me just build technique you know I'm, I'm blessed enough to be an artist in this time of social media where you have every resource at your disposal and so constantly just checking and and discovering other artists that were inspiring to me that i liked aesthetically and uh i, I would just pick apart you know, the artists that I like. And, and off of that, you, you kind of build that technique. And over time, I think your brain just starts to either get bored. And then from there, it just starts wandering. And I think from there, I think I just kind of fell into my own kind of molded my own style. So when you when you started painting at first, did you, um, you had, a, did you look up technique? Did you take classes? Did you take like, what, how did you how did that happen? Like, no, no. I mean, I, I you know, again, like I, I used to doodle by myself. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a, a notebook and a, and a pencil was never far from me. Yeah. And, and so, you know, at the time I was working at a sushi restaurant and like just to get through the dinner shift, I'd be just like pounding cups of coffee. Yeah. And so by the time my shift is over, I'm at home. I'm like jittery. I can't go to sleep. And so I think to, to kill that time, I would just start painting at home. And, uh, after just doing that, you know, every day, it got to a point where, uh, you know, I was able to build up a little bit of steam and build some confidence from that. And, you know, it's just, taking so your it. original passion was acting then. Cause you were, in yeah. sleep, cause you, what was it? Soul, not soul searching. I'm so sorry. Searching. Searching. I yeah, said yeah, soul yeah. fucking Justin. It's in there. Yeah. yeah. It's close <laughs> searching. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you originally came to LA to become an actor. Yeah. Yeah. So my background in college was uh, theater and political science. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so, much my diploma is a piece of paper. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I moved out here and, uh, yeah, I was just giving that a go. Uh, wasn't really finding any work, uh, no mm. success at all. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, I needed something to, to kind of be in my, you know, uh, have some sort of identity, you know, uh, just in this jungle of being unstable, unstable. And so, you know, the, the art was something that, uh, it, it, it helped me emotionally kind of get to a calm space. You know, mm. I feel like this is the first time in my life where I feel purely balanced in, in all facets of my life. Mm. And, and I really credit that to acting and, and just being able to uh, just be alone and, and just kind of be in my own thoughts as, as exhausting as that can be at times. But uh, I, I feel more grounded than ever. So, yeah. So when you... I mean, that's so fucking fascinating. Like, I had no idea that that six years is so fucking quick. Mm. So when you went, so are you still acting now? I am. Yeah, yeah. Right, because Searching was literally not that long ago. And it was, well, a, I mean, it was a huge, that film, that film was fucking great, by the way. Yeah, well, we should, thanks, man. And, yeah. and also, Gook, amazing. 
You I were think. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like searching true. was, I, I think it was like one of those films that I think originally people kind of slept on a little bit. Sure. And it might also be just be because like you know when when people hear John Cho, they think of Harold and Kumar. Of course. You know, and, right. and to to break out of that role and to go into something a, a lot more serious, that's just a huge departure from what people expect out of him. Sure. Uh, sure. Even when he was in Star Wars and all this other stuff, like even for me as a kid, I I remember him as Harold and Kumar. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think a lot of people just at first kind of glanced over it, You're and right. then when they watched the film, just word got out about how good it was well i was definitely in the in the same space uh but actually you know coming out of the film i i have more respect for people like john cho and deborah messing as well you know for me it was you know i'm a, I'm a starving actor so i'll take any job yeah. but for for people of you know their stature to in a way kind of roll the dice on their career working on a movie that's being directed by a first-time director yeah. uh, anish chikanti i believe he was like 24 25 at the time jeez and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a huge risk on their part, but for them to believe in this project and move forward, you know, I, I have tremendous respect. How did, did you, uh, you audition for the role? I did. Yeah. Oh, how was that? How was that process? It was great. I mean, it was like any other audition. I mean, they didn't tell me that uh, John Cho or anybody else was attached to it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I just kind of walked into it thinking, all right, well, this is just going to be a small indie project. And uh, I mean, I wasn't working at the time, so I'll yeah. take anything, you know, yeah. and then somehow worked out. So. That's crazy. It turned out a lot bigger than you expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't hear about it. I mean, we shot the movie about like three, three and a half years ago. Oh shit! And then it was completely under wraps. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I forgot about the movie. And uh, about like a year and a half later, it got into Sundance, and then from there, it just became its own beast. That's fucking crazy. Man. Was that your first uh, Sundance film? Yeah. Yeah, Isn't yeah. Sundance crazy? It was my first time at Sundance, yeah. I mean, was, Sundance is a crazy thing, dude. Holy, I was like a kid in a candy store, <laughs> man. There's so much going on, yeah. It's different, though, when you're there for the... Uh, you are doing a lot of PR and shit there, though, weren't you? Not too much. Uh, I, I mean, I was just more so there to, to just support the film. And then also, just on a personal tip, I just oh, wanted to experience lucky, it. I, yeah. I had to do PR all, the, the whole fucking way through. Oof. I didn't get to see any fucking films. <laughs> no, I couldn't either. <laughs> oh, okay, Everything sold out. That shit sucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was, like, yeah. I was just walking. I, I, met, uh, I met Nia Long. Oh yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I fucking shook her hand a little too long. Oh wow! <laughs> I just kept staring at her. I, was like, oh, yeah. shit. I used to masturbate to you a lot when I was younger. <laughs> That's the only thing I was thinking about. I was like, I hope she can't sense it for me. Totally, yeah, yeah. She could definitely sense it. <laughs> she could sense it. She's she probably like, used to that. She was like, you definitely yeah. jacked off to me when you're younger. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. Excuse me. <laughs> My palms are all sweaty and shit. <laughs> She's like spotted enough of those looks throughout her career. <laughs> I know. She yeah, goes, she knows. You look like the prototype yeah. to a little fucking pervert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, man. So yeah. I mean, after the film, did it open up a lot of? Um, like doors for you in terms of acting? Yeah, well, it, yeah it was funny. Um, I was I was painting at the time because after that, I, I wasn't really working out well, mm-hmm. uh, that much. And so I was I was primarily painting. And then I, I kind of started to get a little bit bored with painting. You know, I felt oh. a little bit stagnant. And uh, by the grace of God or something, uh, another opportunity popped up where uh, I, I was casted in a Korean drama. Uh, and so I went out to Korea for three months. That's fucking right. I yeah. saw it. You posted it. I was like, who the fuck? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you look way different in yeah. a K drama, man. Totally, yeah. Fucking handsome little cute boy, dude. dude. I was like, who the fuck is that? Those stylists, they're magicians, man. They really are. Dude, yeah. your skin was dope. Oh my god, your skin was amazing. I think it's just biologically we're like meant to be in Korea. So anytime I'm in Korea, like my people gets better. <laughs> I start eating healthier. I feel better. Like, you know, it's just I don't know what you it is. start drinking and smoking more. Start fucking slapping women. Yeah. Now. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. You were there for three months? Three months. Yeah. It was the longest period I've ever been in Korea. And so... Uh, and your yeah, Korean yeah. is really fucking good, by the way. Well, I had a tutor. And so it definitely got a lot better. Yeah. 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 So, I, yeah, I did that. Um, 
And then while I was there, I actually like rediscovered my love of painting again because anytime huh. I wasn't filming, I'd just be cooped up in my my hotel room. Yeah, and uh, you know I would just be painting, and and again I'd be visiting other galleries. I met a lot of really dope Korean uh, local artists out there, and uh, I, I just really got inspired out there to to, to kind of paint again. And uh, it kind of came at this like weird with this weird backdrop of. You know, as uh, you know, I love the opportunity. I love being in Korea, but at the same time, like I was going through this kind of like this identity crisis. So I was dealing mm. with a lot of anxiety that I couldn't really uh, address myself. And uh, I think I, I really just kind of channeled all those emotions in my paintings. And so, where where primarily where I started, which was very just technique based, my work now is a lot more abstract, mm. and and a lot of that kind of comes from being in Korea. And, and having this weird feeling of, you know, I'm not necessarily, I, I don't feel, growing up in Indiana, I'm from the Midwest, and, uh, you know, I, I always kind of felt a little out of place. Mm. And, and you always see Korea as this, with this romantic notion of, like, that's the motherland. Like, that's where you go and you feel at home. Mm. And when I was out there, uh, not that I, I got any type of negative uh, treatment, but, you know, you still kind of feel a little out of place. You, you, yeah, yeah. you realize like, oh, I'm, I'm not fully Korean. I'm still American at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And so you, you kind of get into this weird confusion of being in this gray area. You know, we're, we're a very like niche generation where yeah. we're being kind of like pulled between two opposing cultures. And so that that's really just kind of been the staple of my work, the, me just trying to personally address that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I mean, that probably definitely has to... I mean, it's Indiana. How many fucking Korean people are out there? Sure, yeah. It's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a couple of churches, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And then when you came to LA, you were probably just like, dude, there's a shit ton of Asian people here. <laughs> Yo, on, more, more important than that, like, I've never seen Asians comfortable in their own skin. Oh, really? That was mind-boggling to me. Mm. And, and uh, you know, and I envied that so much, yeah. you know. I mean, first of all, L.A. to me, like, growing up in uh, Indiana, like, watching movies, it was like, it wasn't a real place to me. It was like Disneyland. Huh. You know, it was like this fantasy place of like, I hope to be there one day. I don't know how to get there. I don't know exactly yeah. what it is. But, you know, when I came here, I I was everything, any preconceived notions that I had coming in, like it was completely flipped. Like you can find all different pockets of people. If you have a certain interest, you can find that crowd, you know, and, and, and truly, uh, you know, I, I became an artist because of living in L.A. Yeah. And so... Even though I'm this, I, I can't consider this uh, home in the sense of I grew up here. Uh, the the community has has been so welcoming and, and so appreciative of my work, and so I, I think this is the first time in my life where like I really feel kind of comfortable in my own skin, and it's the only place I've ever really lived where um, uh, I can I, I feel comfortable. You know, that's so weird because I well I, I kind of learned this through YouTube where I think when I first started in the space. I never really understood this concept of, of a lot of uh, younger Asian kids where they're talking about, um, like, uh, I guess, uh, the, the racism or the, the feeling out of place that they would feel, right? Because sure. I grew up in California, even Sacramento. Right. Sacramento is diverse as hell. I always say this shit. People don't yeah. know. If you go to Sacramento, Sacramento is, uh, I think the difference between Sacramento and L.A. is that L.A. has diversity, but it's still diversity within its own pockets, right? So you, mm. have, you have K-Town here. You have uh, little Saigon over here. Right, you have, you know. Right. Black people kick it here, Mexican people kick it here, white, you know, all that shit. Sacramento's like, a, it's mixed. Mm. So everybody kicks it together. Sure. Like if you look at a, a, 
a group of my friends from high school, you'll see uh, a, a Pakistani girl next to me. You'll right. see like a black dude next to me, an Asian dude, and a white dude, and a Mexican dude. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so we're yeah. all kind of meshed together. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't really understand what people went through, and in terms of like not really knowing what it's like to be an Asian person or. To, to feel a little disconnected from your culture because it's not really cool to mm. be yourself out there sure. because it wasn't like that for me. Right, right. We had in high school we had uh, every every quarter we had a, a culture festival. Every every culture festival would come out. They would sell their food uh, to raise money mm. for their clubs yeah. in our high school. Oh, <laughs> in high school. In high school. Wow. Yeah, and huh. we had uh, we had like a Hmong culture club, and during these, wow. they would do performances. They would do like you know the dragon dance during Chinese New Year's. We we would do all yeah. this other stuff. Yeah. So in terms of like what Sacramento did really well, in my personal opinion, is that they they very much did a great job in highlighting your individuality when it came to where you came from. Mm. So I was always used to that shit. Or was it tough for you to adjust to LA because of what you said of, of everything being in pockets when you first moved? Yeah, out? that's that's yeah. the thing that I was a little misguided by. Mm. It was it was. People telling me, yo, LA's diverse. I'm like, it's diverse, I guess. Mm. Not really. It's it's diverse and there's a lot of cultures here, but nobody really fucks with each other. Gotcha. Korean people kick it with Korean people, Vietnamese right. people kick it with Vietnamese people. And that was that that odd thing for me that I didn't sure. really understood or, or got. You know? Right, right. So a lot of the times when I would tell these stories from back at home, they're like, Oh, what the what the fuck is that like? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, you everybody just kinda kicks it to themselves because it's comfortable enough where they could be in their own culture, but if there's another culture there, they just don't really it's hard to mesh. Right. I, I don't know what that is about this city that does that, but for you it's probably it's like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I guess the good thing for us is that we are in this kind of creative entertainment space, yeah. which is, you know, mm-hmm. I mean you have it has to be mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you as a you as a painter too, like I feel yeah, like artists come in all different shapes, colors, and sizes, sure. right? I, yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen a group of like artists that really kicked it together that it was just all Asian artists, all, right. you know, specifically yeah, in LA, totally, yeah. because it's already hard enough to find, you know, like-minded artists in general. Right, right, <laughs> so right. you don't, you don't really get to pick and choose like the cultures and races that you're going to kick it with. It's just people that you fuck with and vibe with in terms of right, art, right? right. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of why another reason why I was so fascinated being in Korea is because you're seeing Koreans in their own element. You're seeing Koreans in their own habitat. Oh, yeah, 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 There's yeah. no shame. There's no baggage attached to, to, to the way they behave. And so you're seeing just confident Adashis just flipping tables and just being themselves. Yeah. You know, not that it's always appropriate, but like, you know, just to see that type of confidence, you're like, man, like people, people don't know when we we joke about like, you know, K-Rage and shit, but that shit's real. Oh, it's definitely real. What the, I I don't understand why our culture is so fucking aggressive. Well, I mean, it's a country that's just been run over throughout its entire history. We just never got over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely still there. Yeah. yeah. Because like the way they, like a way a lot of like older, maybe it could just be like the workforce too, like how they're just like stuck in a cubicle their whole lives Mm -hmm. and they're working towards, and there's just a lot of kiss assery in in Korean culture too. Right. And I feel like just like makes you just pent up inside. So after work, when it's time to drink, it just all comes (laughs) out. It just all comes out. Is there like a Korean term for like chip on your shoulder? Because I feel like Koreans definitely have that, like as a people. <laughs> the moment when you're bored, it's just yeah, exactly. shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my my manager he got full- the Gang on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a dope ass saying. Yeah, yeah. My manager was like, he goes, he goes, you're. He says that my motivation is such an odd thing. He goes, you're you're motivated to prove people wrong when people don't even say anything bad about you. <laughs> I was like, nobody's saying anything bad about you. I was yeah. like, I'm going to prove all these motherfuckers wrong. He's like, who yeah, are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. He's like, who? I was like, I don't know. I always but those feel like voices are real. You yeah. Know? yeah, 
yeah. I always feel I have something to prove all the time. Even right. even if it's something stup- stupid as this YouTube, right? Like every time I put out a video on YouTube, I never like my shit just because I know that YouTube is a is a, is a place for quantity versus quality, mm. right? Because if it was quality, I'd probably put out a video once every. I don't know, like two months. Sure. Because it would be hard. Of course. Because I would want to create these short films. It would take time, money, and everything else. Right. So when I put out these things, I, I had to realize when I was putting out YouTube videos and I stopped for a second, mm. it was just, it was, I have to put it out because there's a group of people that want to connect. Right. And that's the purpose in it. That's the art in it. Right. Like, don't don't scrutinize because you didn't set up the light, you know, all, you know, all this other shit, like the coloring's off and stuff like that. Sure. Because that's not what people care about on this space. Right, right, right. You know, but it was, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing though. Cause I, yeah, I always have this weird, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It has to be a Korean thing though, for sure. Mm. Cause I know that, um, I think that if I went to Korea, I don't think I'd be able to mesh very well. <laughs> How so? I, I feel like, uh, you know that whole Korean thing where you have to be hyper respectful to your elders. Mm. I don't have that shit. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, just because yeah. I, I grew up very. I, well, I was born in Korea and then I moved over here when I was super young. My my parents don't really speak English very well, mm. so I'm in that sense very culturally Korean. Sure, but I'm also very culturally American. Where it's just like uh, I can't just respect you just because you're older. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's why I didn't really get along with a lot of people in my church because sure. they were very culturally Korean. Right. And, you know, if I wasn't calling somebody young, I wasn't giving their their respect, but I didn't respect you. I, I didn't care if you were older than me. I right, didn't give right. a fuck less. Yeah. So I feel like in that kind of sense, Korea and I would not mesh very well. Right, right. You know, I think that's a very common thing amongst like second generations. Like, like I, we're a very niche generation, mm. you know, like I feel like the the next generation after us, there there's going to be a little bit more of a separation mm. between the cultures for them not to to have to deal with as much baggage as we do yeah um but yeah like we're, we're in a very odd place where those things do come into account where you are second guessing yourself constantly in, in, yeah. in those type of social settings do, yeah. do you feel too jet um i think that in our generation that we just have a lot more time to think about shit that the previous generation didn't totally right? yeah because I mean, it kind of fucks you up a little bit we're very spoiled i mean compared to like our parents mm-hmm. yeah i mean they were just in pure survival mode so yeah. i mean you know, it, it, like what is art? You know, yeah. you know, what I'm like it, it's just I'm just try, I'm trying to feed your ass right now. <laughs> you know, and and so for me, yeah, I, I just uh, th- that's something that's never lost on me. Where you know, my my mom worked in like a factory for like 15 years. You yeah. know, and uh, you know, like we don't have the same complaints, nor do I feel comfortable ever complaining to her uh, you know, about my shit. <laughs> well, what do I have to complain about? Mom, this painting ain't working out. It's fucking <laughs> annoying me. You yeah. know. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, th- those are also huge blessings and, and disguises that we have uh, for you know in most immigrant communities where you know we know where we come from. Mm-hmm. You know, you come from grit. You come from hard work. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I think um, it does us better for a future. How do you, how do your parents feel about, or how did they feel yeah. prior to your success about you going into art and becoming an actor and stuff? Because yeah. I think that's a, a really hard pill to swallow for a lot of Asian American parents right, specifically right, right. with if they came from a huge struggle like it's right. like okay well I'm struggling right now so you could have a better life and you're like well let me tell you something right. I'm going to struggle even harder than you <laughs> <laughs> and, then you leave, and then you leave the LA it's like, it's like fuck dude what the fuck did I do yeah. this for mom it was harder than I thought I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I, I in this sense I, I feel very fortunate where um, you know my parents were actually very supportive Uh my, my my parents were divorced, and so I, you know, I'm a mom's boy. I grew up with my mom, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, on paper, I think I had I had the future lined up where I was just going to become a fuckhead. Yeah, you know, broken family. You know, we didn't come from much money, so just it, things weren't looking good. 
And so I think the minute my mom saw that, oh, this kid has something, like has a passion for something, and he's not causing trouble because he's spending his time doing whatever the fuck he's doing, uh, I think that in itself was enough for her to be like, okay, I feel rest assured, just do you and stay out of trouble. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's to this day, she's my number one fan, so. That's yeah. crazy, man. You don't really get to hear a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, even, uh, you know, I, a lot of my friends that... Um, you know, I, I mean, everyone has some sort of creative outlet that they want to pursue. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what field you're in. And uh, obviously, it's it's tougher in our community because of our parents and what they've gone through. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a sense of gratitude that I have uh, from the type of support that I get from my mom. <laughs> it's so funny because the other day um, I saw this uh, video of... Um, I don't really know her, mm. but she's an Instagram model. Mm. And so there's this thing where I always crack up where if a guy wants to fuck a girl, mm. they'll always gas her up on anything that she's doing. Uh -huh. So she started doing a time lapse of her drawing. Uh -huh. And by far, it's such a shitty drawing I've ever seen. Like, I was like, this is, this is terrible. But yeah. in the comments below, it's, dude, you're so amazing. You're so talented. Sure, sure. You should sell your shit. And right. I just look at that and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in this world? <laughs> like, yeah. how the yeah. fuck do you, I mean, and my, you know, for her too, she, uh, what she started, she said she's just started drawing like whatever, whatever, eight years ago or something like that. And she's mm -hmm. been doing it ever since. And, but you did it for six, <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's, it's, cause you do have a, a talent and a knack for it. Thanks, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. six years to develop a career uh, and to make it profitable, specifically in selling mm. art, which obviously social media helps out a tremendously. Because yes. it's it's like all these art forms before social media, it was there was too many gatekeepers. Yes, way too many gatekeepers. Because yes. um, art to me has a lot of just. I think like 80% of it is so much bullshit. Sure. It's just somebody telling you that something is worth something without even you having the chance to really evaluate it for right. yourself. It's just all marketing and branding at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's hard for me because, you know, <clears throat> I mentioned to Tommy I was at the Broad and mm. there was this, there was a, a picture of just charcoal dicks. Right. And it was worth like a high seven figures. And right, I was right. like, I did that when yeah. I was six, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's just this caption below and it was just, it sounded like a bunch of jargon and bullshit, but it was literally a, a charcoal. Yeah. And they drew a dick. Right. Like six dicks on it. Yeah. And Note to was, self, don't do dick drawings <laughs> and invite David yeah. to your show. Yeah. I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's my work. You know, I did that. I got expelled for that I'm not shit. not paying for this. Yeah, I was pissed. But you know, yeah, it's, yeah. And so even in for, you know, a lot of people know I like art, but mm. they're like, how come you don't have a lot of art up? It's because I have to have a personal connection either to the person or the art for me to want to buy it. Sure. So it's hard for me, right? Right. Uh, when I was out in um, uh, New York, uh, there was this small little gallery and that gallery switches out whatever art they're selling at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was the, the, the one that they had this time was um, the uh, the comic book art of Dr. Seuss, mm -hmm. the cat in the hat and shit, all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah. So the the art was his original art that he was selling from his estate that he used to paint at night when he couldn't sleep. And oh, it was wow. stuff that he couldn't do for his children's book because it was so weird and abstract. Uh, so yeah, yeah. all the paintings that he had that he kept was because he was an insomniac, couldn't sleep. It was huh. all this weird shit that he was just dreaming up of or that was in his nightmares or thoughts that he had before. And it was yeah. his personal abstract art that you wouldn't see in his children's book. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, this shit's so fucking dope. Right, because, right, right. you know, who didn't grow up with Dr. Seuss? Sure. Who didn't grow up with Cat in the Hat? Right, right, and, right. Um, 
like you know Timothy De La Ghetto specifically, he he loves Dr. Seuss. I think it, it molded who he was as, as an adult. Now it's just reading those oh, books really? as a kid. Yeah, so yeah. for him, there's a personal connection. So when he sees that, he's just obsessed with it. Like, right. He goes, I, I want this shit. Right. And I think a, a lot of the times when I see people who who buy or curate art, they buy it because somebody else told them it was cool. Mm. And I always ask, is like, well, why do you like it? It's like, oh man, it's just like this hot new artist. I'm like, that's cool. Why do you, right. why do you like it? Right, right, you know? right. And so it's hard for me to just purchase something if I don't if I don't feel something for it. Sure, right. Yeah. Or like I always tell my friends, it was like, yo, man, if you have art, like I'll buy it off of you. You know, because like, right. I it's it's my friend, so I I, I want to display it and then you know show people like this is somebody that I fucking know. Right. You know, then that there's a different feeling to it. Yeah. But art has this just this high level of bullshit to it that I just sometimes it just it's hard for me to just just taken yeah i mean it's it's it has like this very pretentious like esoteric feel to it right yeah. and so yeah i mean even even growing up in indiana like i i didn't really have access to art i didn't know what it meant to be an artist it, it just felt so far from me yeah and uh which is probably why like i never uh, you know the the fact of making money and building a career off it was so distant from me like it wasn't even a concept for me um but coming out here you're you're truly surrounded by within a community where it just ranges all different types of yeah. levels, all different types of statures, um, and so from there, when you're just kind of like for me, like I, I was just kind of floating around, and 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 when you're meeting different type of artists and seeing different types of work, discovering them, you uh, like that kind of hierarchy just kind of dissipates. Mm. You know, you just you see these people not only as just people just trying to do it, yeah, and, and just for that fact alone, I have. A tremendous amount of respect yeah um but you just you see yourself in more of a communal light of yeah. like man we're all just doing this together you know whatever other people perceive it, it's all bullshit you know it's and, and for me like I, I don't really even like to over explain my work that much for that very reason what you're talking about of like yeah. it's um i, I want to leave it up to you and, yeah. and art is subjective it should mean whatever the fuck it is to you uh and yeah. so yeah yeah that's kind of my belief on my work i think um the the hardest part that uh, I, I always try to explain to people kind of my perception of what art is and it could be anything right yeah it doesn't have to be painting it doesn't have to be it could be music it could be whatever right. but um, I think that I don't know if it's a generational thing or it's just something that I'm thinking about right now where I think a lot of people stop creating for themselves and they create for others now yeah and so the the stuff that I see now isn't a representation of how they feel and who they are. Mm. It's a representation of what they think somebody else will like. Sure, and yeah, that's yeah. that weird part for me. Where some and it's it's weird because I think sometimes with the younger generation too, they show me stuff and they don't you think this is dope? Right, and I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't know what that is. Like sure. I, I feel like that wasn't really created for themselves. Like I don't know who the, who this speaks to. Right. You know, there's, there's, what's the, what's your personal connection to why you created this? Or especially with videos, like on YouTube. Yeah. That I see this and, you know, people don't understand why I say I enjoy YouTube, but I don't like it at the same time. And they, because I like it because I get to create what I want. Mm. But at the same time, I don't like YouTube because I don't like watching a lot of it. Yeah. Because it the, the platform changed so much to where originally people were creating just to make themselves laugh or create a piece of themselves just for, so they could... Just kind of get like this, like these wiggles out. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who wanted to go into video or act or sure. something, but they couldn't do it because there was a gatekeeper there and they started creating for themselves and they just put it out. Right. And though the production value wasn't as great as it is now, um, at least it, there was a lot of different things to see. Mm. Now it's hard to see a lot of different things. It's yeah. either a, a vlog in terms of like walking around with a camera mm-hmm. or it's some kind of bullshit about some kind of fake drama yeah. or it's just like I've seen this trope a million times before. Mm. So what are you doing that's different? Like I miss having 
to see different types of videos on YouTube. Yeah, because you you can't you were like one of the the early people in that space. Yeah, yeah I mean, so you've really just seen the evolution of what it's become, right? Like, I came on like I say towards like the the end of the uniqueness of YouTube, mm. right? So when I started doing these things, the, I started doing YouTube in the sense of. I had a lot of these failed stand-up bits mm -hmm. and I started putting into YouTube because so smart. Yeah. So yeah, you could yeah. just so I had a lot of this stuff cataloged out. Right. A lot of jokes. And yeah. I think they would bomb on stage because they were just very juvenile. Sure. But in terms of a short little clip and right. you could do these jump cuts, right. they, they would hit harder and quicker. Mm. So uh the the jokes just worked better at the time. And so right. I, I did that. And then did it, you have references like when you were starting out, did you have people that you looked up to in this space? Or, absolutely or, not. I, yeah. I, I told a story before on this podcast where there was this guy named Shane Dawson uh -huh. and he was doing quote unquote, I think, I think it was comedy videos or it, it was just, or maybe it was just him talking and he was just trying to be funny. Yeah. Um, he's a dope dude. But when I, at the time being a young person and a fucking hater, <laughs> I looked at his <laughs> shit and I was like, this guy fucking sucks. He's yeah. not funny. That's what I thought at the time as a young person. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck it. I could do comedy videos like this. I have a bunch of stand up that didn't work. Yeah. So let's see if it works on this fucking space over here and see if I could rework it. Mm. And um, yeah, I just started doing that. Yeah. And then it, it started popping off. And, it, and originally, even before these quote-unquote vlogs where I would sit and just rant to a camera, right. I did uh, these mockumentary-style like sketch videos. Ah. And that's that's what I really wanted to do. And I did that like 10 years ago. Yeah, But uh, I didn't really have a, a, a person to look up to. Right. I didn't know any fucking YouTuber. I didn't know any YouTubers' names. Mm. So when I, came, when I came to L.A. to move here and, you know, I kind of popped off real quick on YouTube – People would talk to me about YouTubers, and I didn't know who they were. Mm. They go, "Oh, it's like, oh, you you probably know a Kev Jumba." I was like, "No idea who that is." Mm. Oh, you probably know this and that. I'm like, "I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Right. I don't know if people are famous or popular off this shit. Sure. I just did it." So right. I, I think it kind of was weird for people to hear that. Yeah, they they thought that I was being a little abrasive, or I was just pretending like I didn't know who these people were. Right, right. I didn't right. know what fucking YouTube was. Right. <laughs> you know, I yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. fucking know. And it's probably a huge key to your success. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. It's like not not having any type of uh, insecurity that way. You're just doing you. Yeah. And, you know, you're just the conduit to whatever the fuck you want to say. I didn't have anything to compare to. Yeah. Because nobody was sitting to a camera and fucking like ranting and shit. They weren't mm. really like, you know, going in and making fun of people and clowning on people. It was just, just how it grew up. Right, right. You know, and then now I've seen people take that platform take what i've done and they you know they do it great too i actually enjoy it i love watching their fucking videos yeah like i'm like oh shit that's fucking funny has anyone ever reached out to you and, and said you know like hey like you inspired me or, oh for sure this is a guy yeah. named kev on stage which yeah. i love his shit yeah. but i didn't know that he was a fan of mine so i but he's older yeah and he was working at a bank before yeah. and he used to watch my videos and my buddies at jk films yeah. and he used to watch our shit all the time and he loved that stuff yeah so when i met him and i had him on the podcast i was like yo kev like i fucking love your shit he goes bro you don't know like i i religiously i'm a huge fan of yours wow. like i religiously watched your shit yeah i was like that's fucking because i wouldn't have known sure because he yeah. just does the stuff where he has a video and he talks about it which is essentially what i did too right but he does it in his own way so i would have never known that that would have spawned from something that he saw from me. Yeah. Cause he's just, he's a, he's a funny stand up comic. Yeah. But it's kind of cool, like how, how somebody can take what you've done, uh, get inspired from it, and then create something in my perspective even better than I did. Right. Which is right. so dope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, for us, it's like we, we live in our own headspace, you mm -hmm. know, constantly. So every once in a while, when you do hear that type of feedback, it's uh, it just makes you want to cry, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh shit, yeah. dude, look at that. Because I feel like a piece of shit every day, and so <laughs> to, to hear that, I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, yeah. I mean, because you're 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 you said you're a very solitary person. Um, um, I tend to be like that too. Mm. Like I I'm 
people think that I'm an extrovert. Mm. It's just because I could speak very well because I did stand up comedy. I was I was like a youth minister and right. stuff. But most, oh, really? Yeah, I was a youth minister for like two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I feel like we should have a whole nother <laughs> interview just dedicated to that, just uh, dissecting that. that. <laughs> yeah. There's so much nuances to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, you know, very good at speaking two people and mm. then and, and stuff like that but that was a skill that i had to develop right. but most of the time i'm, I'm by myself yeah <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. then I, I sometimes i feel like i'm gonna go crazy yeah <laughs> yeah sure totally yeah. yeah i mean this is a perfect excuse for me to get out because i've literally just been hibernating in the studio painting yeah so just to like come in contact with another human being every once in a while <laughs> it's like very refreshing yeah 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 because i mean really that is the easiest thing for me the easiest thing for me is to truly just disconnect and lock myself in a room and just be, be alone yeah you know but i i think uh and and this is all credit to uh my lady you know she's really been able to balance me out in that sense where yeah. you know when we first started dating there would be so many times where she'd have to check in on me you know like we'd be we'd be eating dinner face to face and she could just tell that i'm not engaged like wherever i was at was not there at that table and she would call me and you know how it is yeah you know she gets mad at me all the time. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't even notice that I do these things. Yeah, because she'll be talking, and then my mouth is open, and I'm just, <laughs> just staring off to the side like this. And she goes, "She goes, are you even listening to me?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. She caught me the other day because I started doing these auto responses, yeah. and it was like some shit where I can't remember what exactly what it was. I fucking forgot it already, but it, it just happened recently. But it was something along the lines of, "She goes, oh, what do you think about this and that?" I went, "Excellent." <laughs> she goes, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah." Yep, I was talking about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so I had yeah. no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But it's true because I feel, I mean, do you get this moment where there's something that you, you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get like a roadblock. And then when you're out, something sparks. All the time. And then you're, you're, you just, you're like, oh, this is a good idea. Because you're afraid you're going to lose it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, maybe you should talk to her for a second. Because <laughs> she thinks I'm the only person that does this. I'm not. Yeah. You know? I think our ladies need to talk to each other because <laughs> yeah. I think they have a lot of complaining and a lot of exhaustion that they could probably compare. Yeah, because yeah. I've, I've done that where I just sit there and I space the fuck right, out right. and people don't understand why I do that. It's because there's something that hit me and I'm like, oh, shit. And then it just takes me off into another universe. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I think, I, yeah, my, my lady actually, she has a system now where like, I, you know, I'm always listening to my Spotify while I'm painting. Mm. And uh, there'll be times where it's like my phone's always on silent. And so she'll call me and by like the fifth missed call, she'll go to my Spotify on her computer. She'll change the song to some like obscure Korean folk song. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like painting. I'm like, oh, ah, that's my lady. I got to check back in. Oh, uh, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it hard for her to to be with you sometimes because of how much of a just like introverted like artist you are? Mm. Because that, I mean, in and of itself, just looking from an outside perspective, I think it's hard for people to be with somebody like that because uh, a lot of your work is it's based on you and your what you put out. Mm -hmm. So if you don't work, you don't paint, you're not there trying to develop yourself as an artist. There's there's no living to be made. Sure. And there's, you're not developing as a person. Right, and, right. And it's hard to kind of bring somebody into that world. Yeah. How do you? So how would you guys balance that shit out? Because that's so difficult. Well, my, I mean, my lady is also very creative too. Like her background, she studied uh, writing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And then back at school. And uh, now she works for this company called Goop. And so, I mean, even though she has uh, a typical nine to five now, um, she still has a very creative heart. And, and so in a way, it's like we kind of complement each other perfectly where um, I, think, I think she's inspired by me in the sense of me just going out and just seeking whatever I want to do. And in the same way, I'm 
I'm so envious of her sense of um, assertiveness and decisiveness to um, be able to kind of like hold down a fort, you know, uh, I mean, to, to further explain, like, I, I have like, I have complaints where, uh, you know, I was talking about before where it's like, ah, like, I, I can't finish this painting and it's annoying mm-hmm. me. And I'll come home and my lady's looking at me like, you have no idea how much of a luxury you have. You know, you can sit all day in your painting, uh, in front of your painting and complain. Whereas most people, they have to go to an office or work and they have to manage personalities. They have to manage different types of egos. And, and, and that's just a typical job that you have. Yeah. And, and in those senses, those are, those are the things where it takes me out of my element. I'm like, yes, you're absolutely right. I, I have nothing to complain about. And uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, it's it's perspective for me because I I I like to say too where you know when somebody says sometimes they go oh you're very fortunate I am very fortunate I've always said this and and I still believe this now I've never expected myself to reach this level of success Mm. so anything else that I achieve from here on out is just a cherry on top totally totally it's just a blessing yeah so I'm very very like gratitude and being grateful helps keep me grounded all the time because I could be doing something else. Right yeah. now, that I fucking hate. Totally, I could be fucking yeah. back at the men's warehouse selling tuxedos, or some <laughs> shit, you know. But I, I get to do what I do, and you know, you know, through the grace of God or whatever it is, I, I am doing, making a living off of something that I fucking love. Yeah, that I maybe have a talent or a knack for it. But I always tell people on the other flip side, it goes, if sometimes when I'm I get in a creative rut, I, it, it almost it eats you up inside. You mm-hmm. know, like you sit there and you just mull over your this this defeat. And I just, it makes me want to rip my fucking Oof. hair out. Yes, yes. And yeah. I um, I sometimes envy people who do work a nine to five and they're okay with that. They're sure. okay with routine. Totally. They're okay with waking up and knowing that when they're going to clock in and clock out, it's good. Right. And they get to do the creative on the weekend. Totally. I sometimes envy that shit. Yeah. It's it's different. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's, I don't look down on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah there's yeah. nothing. That's why when I, when, when sometimes when I go to these college shows, people go, um, oh, I want to do what you do. Right. Mm. And I say and I always tell them too, it's like, that's cool, but you have to really understand, are you made for that? Right. Right? Because right. if you if you like routine, you like knowing what's going to happen the next day, then maybe this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe acting isn't for you because acting is chaotic. Sure. It's chaos for the rest of your fucking life. Right, right. It's right. you not knowing when your next paycheck will come in, uh, maybe until you become a top tier talent. Right. Right? So it's... You shouldn't envy what I do. You should be really trying to figure out what makes you happy. Yeah. Like, what can you do consistently for the rest of your life and truly enjoy it? Right. Because it, it might not be in the arts. Yeah. If, if I had the propensity to become a physician, a doctor or something, I would have done it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I would have fucking yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I, I looked at becoming a physician and said, oh, that's trash. Right. <laughs> it's just I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't become a doctor. I couldn't become a lawyer. I couldn't do these things. Right. It wasn't within my wheelhouse. Yeah. I had to figure out what was good for me, like what I could do. It was something along the lines of public speaking and creating art, film, and doing videos. Right. And I just found out that, that was, that's something that I was good at. So it's, it's weird when somebody kind of looks at what I have and they're envious of it. I was like, you should only be maybe envious or, or want what I do if that's something that you truly love. Totally. You know? Yeah, and then almost kind of identifying that skill set Mm-hmm. the earlier the better yeah you know you're you're able to just kind of like weed out the nonsense and stop wasting time and just go after what you want yeah um i i hate to break up this train of thought but i have to pee so bad right now pee right now dude <laughs> I'll, I'll carry the mic with me if I <laughs> we'll just we'll just keep going this happens all the time dude <laughs> 
So uh, in the Genius Brain podcast, I, I say this happens all the time. This has never happened before. But sometimes when people got to pee, they got to pee. And I also forgot to get him fucking water. So uh, why the fuck did I do that? I'm supposed to get him water, and I completely forgot. But uh, Joey, I actually met Joey through um, doing Secret Society. So if you guys saw Secret Society's first collection, Edric, my business partner, actually knows Joey, where uh, we actually had him featured in the first clothing line. Uh, we put um, one of our uh, articles of clothing on him. It was it was this very unique like kimono style jacket, and he looked fucking dope in it. And uh, the first line at Secret Society was about finding an artist or finding artists or finding people who were just really excellent at what they do. And no matter who you are, what you do, um, you could wear our clothes. And so met Joey through that facet, and it was dope. Did you want to grab a glass of water for yourself too? Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I'm good. Just above the sink, there's a uh, to the left side. There's a there's glasses, and then in the fridge, there's a Brita Brita thing. Gotcha, I forgot to get my guest water. I fucked up so bad, guys. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. How have you guys been sitting around here just touching my dick with a Winnie the Pooh pillow on my penis? <laughs> Fucking lovely, absolutely lovely. All right, so I'm gonna try to make this as seamless as possible. <laughs> Do you ever feel that, uh, you know, like eventually one day when you have kids mm-hmm. and let's say, you know, your, your child comes up to you when he's old enough or when he or she is old enough and says, hey, I, I want to do what you do. Like, uh, is that the, the same type of advice you would probably give? Man, I've um, I just had a conversation with my dad about this, actually, oh. where he he was telling me, um, obviously, because he still thinks in the same education in the traditional sense, right? Yeah. So he was like, okay. He goes, you don't know. It's going to be really expensive when you have kids. You have to save like $100,000 for them when they go to a university. And I yeah. was like, who says they're going to go to university? I don't know this. Yeah. Like you're already setting a, a path for my child before he even gets to choose. Sure. You know, and I, and I told my dad too. I said, if I had a choice, I wouldn't have gone to college. Mm. I wouldn't have. I would have developed the stuff that I wanted to develop that I'm doing right now. Right. That I like, I'm literally doing the stuff that I wanted to do prior to me going to UCR, going to Sac State, all this other stuff, you know. And I'm not saying that those experiences are something that I regret because all that trial, all those trials and tribulations got to help me develop as a person, Mm. right? It it, it was the weeding out process, it really helped me figure that out. But, um, just my dad having that conversation of him telling me that I have to save up because when my kid goes to a a university and he goes to college and he wants to become a doctor, I'm like, that's fucking funny. (laughs) I was like, who the fuck said he's going to do all this stuff? Or she, you know, I don't know. There might be a point in time where I look at my kid and I'm like, damn, this kid's fucking dumb as rocks. You know, am I going to force this kid to go into a traditional education? And maybe he's talented or she's talented in something else. And I think as a parent, I have to figure out and try to nurture that side. I'm going to definitely push them to to do well in school. Mm-hmm. 100%. Of course. I think just having that foundation, um, just learning how to, number one, read, write, and all right. this other stuff. Like, that stuff helps you out. 100%. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it helps you kind of work within a system at first. And as long as you get that first taste of it, then you, as an adult, you get to choose whether you want to stay in that right. system. Right. You just need those building blocks. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, if if um, my kid's like, hey, I, I want to do what you want to do, I'm like, cool. Well, let's figure out if, if you can. Yeah. I think as a parent, it's it's also important, uh, and I say this without even having kids, but like yeah. I, I, I think it's important to just be observant of your kid. It's yeah. like uh, more so than informing your kid, hey, you can do anything that you want. I think it's more so you observe them and see what do they actually spend most of their time doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that's playing the guitar then or, you know, in any other instrument or whatever field, then I think that's something that you can notice and then try to kind of 
yeah. nurture, you know. Do you do you like that phrase you could do anything that you want? Uh I I mean yeah, it's it's, it's a pretty abstract statement. Yeah. Um obviously, yeah, I mean the human brain is capable of anything, but uh no, I I think uh, again, it's it's just with the usage of time. Like there's no magic pill, there's no formula to to get to being David so it's yeah. like you have to put the work in obviously like you had all these steps before you without even knowing where you're going with you know what you're saying building that skill of being able to talk to people at church it's yeah. like those are all little steps into getting where you need to be yeah and so uh no like I, I mean if if that's the outset of in becoming uh a, a, I don't know like a like a politician probably not so yeah but uh, in terms of what you're doing right now yeah it makes complete sense I always tell people that you know they're like uh you could do whatever you want i, I it's it's such a broad statement i i think i what i really want to say is that you could try to do whatever you want mm-hmm. but you'll figure out that sometimes you suck at a lot of totally. things totally yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and you're gonna have to have the the wherewithal to understand oh maybe i'm not really good at this shit right and if you're not it's okay for you to stop doing it. Yeah. You know, you just got to figure out what makes you happy and what makes you pop off, right? Yeah. So a lot of the times with that, some people just, they, they kind of like push towards something that doesn't really fit them mm. and they get upset that they're not good at it. Right. And we happen to live in a town where like the line between reality and delusion is very thin. Oh, yeah. You know, so a lot of people just don't have that self-awareness mm-hmm. or, you know, just the, the strength to be even to be able to call it out to themselves. Yeah. You know, and I, I struggle with that as well, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's a very weird type of bubble that we're in. Yeah, because I, I, I just... Sometimes I'm just, I, I see people just struggle with stuff that they, they want to be something that they're not. Right. And I think that's hard for people to kind of accept. It's like yeah. you don't – you maybe you want to be that person, but you're not really taking the time to develop who you are. Right. Um, and that's where that huge flaw comes in. Like I, I know some people – I haven't had a conversation with them. I don't think I have the heart to, but they, they wanted to do like acting and sketch comedy and nothing's mm. really popping off. It's been years for them. Mm. And it's like maybe you love the art, but maybe you're not good at it. Yeah, it's it's highly possible, right? And sometimes it's it's, it's that's a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah, right? yeah, it's and, super hard. Yeah. And I think having the skill set to pivot, I think, is a skill in itself. Mm. You know, just uh, I mean, even for me, like when I the you know when I noticed that like oh like acting this is tougher than I than I thought it was going to be, I, I I needed to find something else to be able to not only you know make money but to be able to uh, you know just enjoy my life and have some confidence. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know. For me, it's like I, I have the utmost respect uh, in, in people that are able to diversify their creativity. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just one skill set that they have, but recognizing, oh, you know, I could utilize this in different ways. And, you know, I feel like you've done that as well, where yeah. you've taken the skill set and you've used it through, you know, whether it's film or, you know, stand up comedy, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. And uh, I, I think that's uh, that's like a key recipe in, 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 in trying to build your success out here. The the pivot is is the really hard part, right? Yeah. It's just like ah shit, do I have this? Because I I had that pivot moment when I was only doing stand up, and I just wanted to do stand up. That's it, right? And then I uh, and there was music. Like I only wanted to be a musician. Yeah. And there was a point where I literally looked Dude, at you're myself. You're a great singer, by the way. I'm okay. So no, like, I mean that like, seriously. <laughs> like yeah. there was a mo- moment with like music where I had to think to myself, like, do I really love this? Mm. Or do I just enjoy it? Mm. You know, because if I don't love this, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. And so that, that was a really hard pivot for me where I just I chose to only do comedy. Mm. I said, fuck music, only do comedy and just dibble dabble in music here and there. Because originally before my 
my comedy channel popped off, mm-hmm. I had a music channel before that. Uh, and that okay. music channel did really fucking well. It, did, it was yeah. like at 100,000 subscribers at that time was a shit ton. Sure. Right? And it was just yeah. based off these covers that I was doing and yeah. then tutorials and instructional shit. Yeah. And then I had both channels. I had this music channel. I had this comedy channel. Right. And then I deleted that music channel, which wow. was a really hard move for me to do. I said, because um, I had this habit that I'm actually developing this poor habit again where I try to do everything at all at once. Mm. And I was splitting my time between two things. And I was already working three jobs. Yeah. I was I was a full-time student, and then I was trying to do a music channel and a comedy channel. Yeah. S- these things had to go. S- something had to fucking go. And so the, the music channel was doing way better than the comedy channel. And I had to sit and sit down just with myself and say, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Is, is music going to be something that you really want to pursue for the rest of your life? Or is it something that you just enjoy because you, maybe you like the attention from it? Yeah. Or, or what is it? So there was this channel prior to the music channel that I have now. I deleted that shit. Mm. And that shit was hard. Mm, it bet, was yeah. really fucking totally, hard. Yeah, yeah. Just to hit that fucking button and then right. delete like 100,000 subscribers. I was like, it's it's all or nothing, dude. Right. Let's right. figure that shit out, and it worked for me. It, yeah. it, it really did. I, I focused on just doing comedy in in the moment, and it really helped me pop off. Right. Because now it's um, now I'm going into the habit of just trying to do a little bit of everything, and now I'm spreading myself too thin. Mm. And I think that's that's a hard thing because I feel for you, like you have two things that you really love. You have acting as a passion, and then you have art. Mm-hmm. But aside from those things, those are the things that you tackle really well, and they kind of go hand in hand with each other, mm. right? Um, for for me, I think the the problem is that I I want it, I want to I'm doing Muay Thai I'm doing, I'm doing all this other Jeez. shit I'm, I'm Renaissance doing, man I'm doing Muay Thai I own yeah. like four or five food businesses now I do um I'm, I'm trying to do the acting thing right now right. I'm, I'm you know I'm back on YouTube again I'm doing the podcast and it's just like you know when do I have time to really hone in and fucking become a master at a single craft mm-hmm. and I think that's like the biggest issue that I have yeah you yeah know? I yeah I also think it's um, it's a pride factor as well, right? Where it's like when you've attached your identity to this specific work, it's yeah. tough to give that up. Mm-hmm. Even when you know it's not working out, even when you know that uh, realistically maybe you know, yeah, things aren't going to pan out. But yeah. it's tough to get to that point of telling people, I gave this up. or, or yeah. you know, and, and that's all. it's all outside pressure. But I, I also think it's a, it's a huge factor in, in people not being able to pivot exactly what they want. Even with acting too, because I think that um, some like some some actor friends too, they get kind of uh, they kind of put their hopes and dreams and what they would do in my position onto mm-hmm. me. So they go, "Well, you have all this opportunity to become a great actor. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you know you did the Sundance film, you did all this. He mm-hmm. goes, you should pursue it more." But the one thing that I don't like about those statements is that you are kind of putting your dreams onto me. <laughs> yeah, totally. I never said I wanted to become an Oscar winning actor. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I just said I wanted to make a film right. and I got it done. Totally. So yeah. whether I create another film or not is up to me. Don't yeah. be disappointed in my choices. Right. Like I'm doing other things that are really great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the weird conversation that I kept on having with people. They, go, oh, I killed to be in your position. Cool, yeah. get in my position then. Yeah. And then I, I, because I can't create this for you. Yeah. You know, just because it's a great opportunity for me to become an actor, right. I understand what it takes to be an actor. Sure. And I also know that I don't at this moment have what it takes. Yeah. I don't have the time to take, you know, three acting classes, these these, these intensive work workshops. Right. If I had that time and I really wanted it, I mm-hmm. would drop everything and I would go do that a hundred fucking percent. Right. Because I, I think I respect the art so much. I know what it entails and mm-hmm. I know that I don't have the time, the dedication or the want to do that. Mm. So I just don't want to half ass it. Right. So 
yeah, it's it's weird for somebody to say, hey, like, oh, if I had your opportunity in this specific thing, I would just run with it and take it. Right, right. Cool. But you yeah. want to be an actor, and that's all you want to be. Right. That's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. conversation was always is always weird to have with people. Well, I wish I could be that honest. I feel like, yeah, and I, I've definitely been asked that too, or you know, people have mentioned that, and you know, for me, I just kind of give a polite smile and be like, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I get in trouble because I open my mouth a lot. Like that. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I've, I've. <laughs> I think as I get older too, I become a lot more crass. Mm. Um, not to be rude, it's just more that I don't like. First of all, I, I don't like lying in the first place. Yeah, you know, I've learned to white lie a lot. Sure, and I get in trouble for for being a little too honest sometimes because I'll tell a lot of these stories that I've heard from other people. This is my personal story, and sometimes it comes off like, oh, like well, how do you have all these stories? Right. You know, it's like no, it's just I tell everything and anything. And as a stand up comic, when things happen, I make sure I, I fucking log it in. You know, I yeah. Do you do you also think that's a part of being a Korean American, like an Asian guy, because they don't expect that out of you? It's almost like when mm. you are that crass and that honest with yourself, it's it's almost like who who is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, yeah. used to this. That's true. Like I never thought about that, but that could be a huge. Because if you thing were too. any other white guy, like no one would be questioning that. They'd just be like, oh yeah, that's that's Dave. Yeah, <laughs> that's Dave being Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that is something that's very off putting for people. Um, the biggest thing, the the biggest comments that I would get when I was doing YouTube was like, "Why does this guy think he's a thug or whatever or some other shit?" Hmm. Right? But that's so weird because like in Sacramento, nobody would question that shit. Mm. It's just who I am. Sure. You know, I just, I just, and obviously, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a lot different from the from a lot of people. Like I do speak my mind a lot, yeah. and you know, I always attribute it to my dad because he told me that. Um, he goes, "You could do whatever you want, but just always be honest." Mm. He goes, "Because if you're honest, there's the, nobody can say anything to you, right? Right? Because you you put it out there. Sure. So." There's nothing to really fall back on. There's nothing to hide if you're just honest into how you feel. Right. The, the other side of the advice that he should have given me was for me to learn how to white lie sometimes, <laughs> which I didn't, I didn't pick up that quality very well. And that's what uh, my fiance is teaching me how to do. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to learn to just, you know, navigate those things a little bit because not everybody needs to, you know, hear how you feel all the time. I'm like, no, oh, you're 100% right. Yeah. But where I become crass now is people who are around me. And I'll just like start blasting friends all the time, but it's just right. if if there's something that upsets me that they say mm. that I disagree with, and it's a big deal to me, mm-hmm. I should talk about it. Mm. You know, if it's not a big deal, I let like ninety nine percent of things go. Yeah, right. But if somebody's sitting there, they're telling me what I should do with my career, I'm gonna say something. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna be like, okay, that's cool. No, I'm gonna be like, no, hold on a second. Sure. Let me tell you what it is. Right. So the next time we have a conversation, you bring this up, you're gonna shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know? this is the last time I want to talk about. This <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. I don't want to talk about you telling me about well, me. I should become an actor. <laughs> right. Right. Like, uh, other than that, you should go fuck off. I was yeah. like, well, when you get into sentence, then you can come talk to me. Right. You know? <laughs> I, already, I already have one up. Uh, like I don't need you. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's that's where I kind of draw the line a lot. It's mm. just. Um, I, I let 99% of things go, but if it's something that bothers me where if I look at them and that thought comes to my mind, right. I should say it. Totally. Because I don't want to harbor ill feelings towards somebody that I'm around right. or I'm just not going to be around you at all Sure. because we're older now. Right. And if I don't want to be around you, I don't really have to. Right. And if I leave from your life, nothing's going to change from you except for the fact that I won't be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. It's, I think it's also just like uh, inevitable, just with growth, with aging, mm-hmm. just... Uh, like whatever you think you are is like it solidifies and you just don't have patience for, you know, other type of bullshit in your life. Yeah. I I think I like that about being older now. Yeah. Is that I'm yeah. okay with, I don't want, not burning bridges is not the word I'm saying, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with not being around people that I just don't want to be around. Yeah. 
it's 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 completely okay. And I'm okay with you not wanting to be around me too. Right, right. You yeah. can't please everybody. It's sure. impossible. Right. It's it's virtually impossible. There's a lot of people that I know too that they just they they cannot live with the thought that somebody dislikes them. Mm. It eats them up inside. Yeah. They go, Oh, this guy, like I know, like I said something and they're fucking mad. And I'm like, who the fuck? cares right, right, right. you can't change that out of them if they yeah. don't like you, you they don't like you yeah um, there's like some people who i don't like now and it boggles their mind that i don't like them right. and it's just they're like well what did i do it's not something that you did it's mm-hmm. just you and i we don't vibe we're yeah. not we're not kindred spirits right that's completely okay yeah, yeah like right. i don't fucking hate you we just yeah. we don't click yeah and you want us to click but yeah. we're not going to because number one like specifically with this person it's like we grew up different right I just grew up so different. We have different values. We kick it with different people. We don't even have the same likes. Mm. You just like me because maybe I'm like funny or something. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's no reason for you and I to click a vibe. We have nothing in common. We can't even speak to each other on, on, on the same level. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just like it's it's weird that there's somebody like that out in this world there. They can't stand the fact that I just don't really vibe with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. Move on, bro. Yeah. Like, it's probably because all of your followers, are, they're just afraid you're going to put it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Kim is a douche. <laughs> <laughs> There's like there's like these couple of YouTubers I always give shit to all, all the time on this podcast, and I do it now just because it's funny to me. <laughs> it's funny because uh, one of my friends told me that uh, they they met them at a, at, a, at an event and they asked him like, "Yo, why does David hate me so much?" And he's just like, "David doesn't hate you. It's just that yeah. you know he, he just doesn't fuck with you. That's all. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just like the more you talk about it, the more you're affected by it, the more he's gonna want to make fun of you. Right. <laughs> so right, just right. leave it alone. Yeah. You know." Yeah. Specifically with these people, it's just because how they carry themselves, and also too, it's not even that. It's, just, it's also because there's so many bad stories about them and how they conduct themselves with people, business, and women mm. that get to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even talk about them. Like I, I generally could care less. But mm. everybody always talks to me about them. Like, yo, do you know these guys? And I'm mm. like, let me guess, it's these guys. And they're like, oh my god, like how, <laughs> how many people can you fuck over, dude? Like yeah. how, why, how is it that like 30 people hate you? Yeah, like this, this is a general trend. Right. And it's just like, oh God, so now I just, I can't help but make fun of them. Like, right, 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 right. Like, maybe that's just, just the asshole part of me. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the times it's like negative attention seeks negative attention. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, you always, you, you run into people that are always questioning people or like mm-hmm. talking shit and being resentful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm at a place in my life where it's like, ah, I just, I, I just don't, I can't be around that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it exhausts me. And then at, at certain times it's like a cancer where like I start, you know, picking up on some of that energy myself. And so, yeah, I think that's the great thing of just being in my thirties now where a lot of that has just kind of like washed away from me. Yeah. You know, I I was at a gas station a few weeks ago and like there was this guy, you know, I'm sure he just had a shitty day and like, you know, for whatever reason, he was just unleashing it to everybody. So he's being rude to the attendant. You know, he turns around, bumps me on my shoulder, says a few words and then walks off. Now, in that moment, I was so surprised because I had absolutely no toxic energy to spray back. Mm -hmm. And that was very shocking for me because usually, like, I'm not that type of person. Like, I I would say something back. But it was was shocking in the sense of, wow, like, if this was even two, three months ago, I would have reacted stupidly. Uh, And then on my driveway home, you know, I I probably would have been, like, recapping it over in my head thinking, like, oh, I should have said this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and just to have like a, nag- a negative at- uh, attachment to that incident, but 
the, the the way that it just washed away from me, you know, it was the first time in my life where I, I truly realized, wow, wow, you you're in a good place. Oh, it's hard to decide. You know, but yeah, yeah. Like I mean, not, not that... to be self righteous or anything. Like no, that, no, no, no. That's like, good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not there yet, but that's good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there yet, dude. Oh man, it's a struggle for me too, man. man. I'm definitely not there. I gotta say yeah. some shit. I I I have to verbally say something. Yeah, and it's it's a problem sometimes. Well, I think it's for you though. You're. It's probably easy for you to forget about those things. Like you can say those things oh, and yeah. walk away I, like i can't do that like that shit just stays with me like a stain mm. so for me to get over that and to have it washed off that was like a huge oh, like highlight yeah, in my yeah, life yeah. personally that i was aware of because i just say it and then i move on yeah i wish i could be that way i wish i could be that like you know liberating with with my thoughts and feelings. i have to write down the fights that uh mariel and i have uh-huh. because they're funny and later on for like script purposes or whatever uh-huh. because after we're done fighting um it's hard for me to remember everything because I'm just kind of like, move on. Right, right, right. You know, so after like four or five months, they're like, do you remember that fight? And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I have to look through my notes and I'm like, oh, I do remember it. Because <laughs> it's, you know, once things are good, things are good. That's how my parents would solve their problems. Mm. They would have catastrophic fights. Mm. Catastrophic. Yep. Like just throwing shit, breaking yep. things, screaming at each other. But the next day, all good. Right. Because they, they squashed it then and they moved on. Right, right, right. And so that's kind of, I guess that's good in my case because i've learned to get over things really quickly yeah where i just if i'm done with it i just move on and i'm and i'm good to go yeah, yeah. um i was always curious about people that date comedians like does uh does your lady does she get insecure in those moments where she's thinking in the back of her head like is this guy saving this for a bit like is he is he is he going to talk about this <laughs> you know like when we first started going out she was always like you can't talk tell the story yeah, you can't yeah, say. yeah and there's a lot of there's so much more funny shit that's happened between me and her bet, that i'm yeah. not allowed to say yeah, of course. I I'll tell you off this podcast. But <laughs> like, there's this one fucking thing that happened between us that I want to talk about so bad in a stand-up bit. Yeah. But she just won't fucking let me. Yeah. And it's some real life shit. And it's like something that happened that would never ever fucking happen to a person. Mm. But it would happen between us. Yeah. And it's the funniest fucking thing. So, um, I think we made a compromise where it won't be in a stand-up bit, but I'm allowed to put it into a film. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Because right. it's that fucking ridiculous. It's okay. so ridiculous, yeah. it, it seems made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the type of stuff that happens between us. Like, yeah. we, we we get into these, like, catastrophic fights yeah. where, it, it like, when we when we used to fight back, we don't really fight like this anymore, mm. but when we used to fight, I would scream, like, an inch away from her fucking face mm. because she, um, and it only happened a couple of times, and this was, like, the one few times that I actually almost broke up with her mm. is because I, I told her that... Um, there are moments in our lives when we fight that, because uh, I went through like anger management, I did all this other stuff. Yeah. And I said, I, have, I don't really get angry like this anymore, but you have a quality in you that brings out this terrible thing out of me. Mm-hmm. And I told her that if there if there's some, this thing that you can't change about yourself, where right. you have to poke at me because you want a reaction out of me, because right. you'll get that reaction. I was like, you and I cannot be together mm-hmm. because you are making me into a bad person. Yeah. And I don't want to be a bad person. I want to be with somebody that helps build me up. And if you can't change this part out of you where you just feel like it's okay to poke at me simply because you want to feel like I care, then this is not going to work out. Totally. So like we've we've had like these really crazy moments where she would do that and she would poke me, poke me, poke me. And then I would just next thing you know, I'm screaming at her like an inch inch away from her face. And then I just step back and be like, this is not who I want to be. I don't want to be like this. I saw my parents do this. So it's like because I saw my parents do this, I don't want to do this anymore. And if you're that person that's going to make me this way. Mm can't do it sure you know yeah yeah yeah. but is that something that you guys had to meet halfway like is it has she toned down her pokage oh she cut that shit out completely (laughs) (laughs) she cut that shit out completely i think for her it was a big moment of like uh 
why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? Like, I, it's not, it's not okay. Right. Like, why does it make me feel good to make him angry? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I think my, my issue with all my previous relationships was that I always, I walked into the relationship with, um, with expectations of you need to meet me here. Yeah. As opposed to both of us coming together and kind of creating that bond. Yeah. You know, it, it was always, hey, look, I'm an artist. I love my work. Uh, you're just going to have to deal with these, you know, facets of my life. And the, the different, the big difference in my relationship now that, you know, probably the biggest reason why it's so healthy is that I realize that that mindset in itself is purely selfish, mm. you know, because, um, kind of like what you're talking about with uh, your dad having expectations of like your kid being a doctor. Yeah. It's like, I'm walking into this even before this relationship is even fully formed. I'm calling it and saying, Hey, look, I'm going to walk into this and you just need to accept me as I am. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? So it's like, those are things that I I needed to really kind of like uh, be self-aware of. And and also to, to just work on of like, you know what, like I, this is a, this is a partnership or a unit. And uh, I also need to step aside whatever, you know, instincts that I, I may have that might be detrimental and uh yeah it, it's hard because um one of my friends they just broke up recently and i think their the biggest issue that they had was like nobody wanted to bend their will yeah right so yeah. it was just two people that were stiff as fuck mm. in terms of what they wanted and if they tried to do it the other way it just it just wouldn't work yeah, yeah. you know and you just really have that that balance is really hard right it's right. picking and choosing your battles is so fucking important so tough <laughs> right Oof. it's like you it's it's like recognizing is this just a, a me issue or right. is this an actual problem <laughs> right 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 is it do i want this because i just want to be right sometimes yeah. or do i want this because it's going to help us be better in this relationship right you know so there's like these pillars that we have that i think should be recognized it's like what are the what are the 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 moral and the foundational foundational what are the moral and the the huge foundation parts of yourself as a person that that will never shift mm. you recognize that mm-hmm. and then everything else it's debatable yeah <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah yeah totally. don't, don't don't step on my religion don't step on uh like my family values right. and then my my art and my work and then we're okay everything else well we could debate on right we can fix that we could fix that stuff yeah yeah totally so, yeah. and uh i added to, i told that to to uh, my brother who just is going through a breakup right now mm. and I was just kind of explaining to him I was like you're you have certain parts in your relationship that's a foundation of who you are as a person and what you want in a relationship that's not being met yeah so that kind of stuff can't be fixed yeah it can't be fixed yeah. this is not one of those things where you can bend this is this is who you are stick right. to it and if that person doesn't understand that then you have to find somebody who understands that right 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 everything else whatever toilet seat up you know why did you why did you talk to me this way mm-hmm. that kind of stuff whatever yeah <laughs> you know you can yeah, fight you have a lifetime it. to fix that yeah, exactly yeah, that and you're out. gonna fight all the time right, right and my mom said it the best she goes and this is the time when i was gonna break up with mariel or not break up. i was just fighting with her so much she goes you know what she goes to be honest with you all the stuff that you complain about her it's mm. really just stuff that you're going to complain about with the next person that you're with mm. and after that mm. it's not big issues it's like yeah. you're just mad in the moment because because mm. you're thinking that you're going to find somebody else that's not going to piss you off mm. <laughs> it's good luck yeah she's like good fucking luck she goes right. if not then don't be in a monogamous relationship right because monogamous relationships are fucking work yeah 
So if, mm-hmm. if that's what you want, understand what it entails. If not, then just be single. Fuck yeah. it. Just move on. Yeah. Right. It's just being like being a prideful person. Like the worst is when you knew you, when you know you fucked up. Oh, for and you're just fucking like, sure. I, like dude. whatever instinct that animal, whatever that is inside me just won't allow it in that moment for me to acknowledge that I fucked up. Oh, yeah. And so for me, like my tactic is like, I just have to leave the room. Oh, I, like I'll go on a walk. I just, you know, I just need to go do something and then I'll get my senses in order and then I'll come back and just act like real cutesy and be like, yeah, I'm not bad. I love, <laughs> I love you. you know? I, I do the guilty dog thing where if I know like there's a moment where we're talking and I know that I fucked up and it hits hard. Yeah. I just, I just can't look her in the eye. <laughs> I, start, I start looking at the floor. I start looking at my phone. She goes, look at me. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, look at me in the eye. Yeah, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. She goes, you yeah. know, you fucked up. You know, yeah. and, but there's times too where I feel like she's wrong, and sometimes I just have to just say, it's, it's, "I'm sorry," just because she's hurt. Yes, yes. And that's hard. Like just this fucking morning, man. Right. We right. so <laughs> just as, so last night, uh, she's she uh, she set her alarm. She goes, you know, Siri set the alarm to eight a.m. And I'm like, it's it's a weekend. Mm-hmm. I have to wake up at seven six a.m. all the time in the in, on the weekday because mm-hmm. I train and have to work a lot. So. I want to not wake up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. Mm. And it's also because when she sets the alarm, she doesn't wake up. So mm. it's just to set the alarm and it fucks me up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I don't want this, right? She goes, fine. So I set it to 8.45, compromised. Yeah. This morning, 8.45, she doesn't wake up. And I'm, and I'm now I'm wide awake. <laughs> I'm fuck, I fell asleep at 3. I'm, yeah. wide, I'm wide awake. Yeah. And I'm like a little irritated. I'm like, cool. So I wake her up really gently. Yeah. I'm like, hey, sweetie, it's time to wake up, blah, blah, blah. She goes, okay, okay. I leave the room. I start working on some stuff. Mm. It's fucking 9.20. Mm-hmm. She's still in bed. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, wake up. You said you wanted to work out. Come on, get up. Yeah. I go back into the room. Come back. It's 10 a.m. Right. She's still fucking asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'm a little irritated, right? Because yeah. I told her that I wanted to sleep in a little bit. Right. So if she is going to wake up, just wake up and work out, then I understand it's not it's, 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 all, it's not all for not. Yeah. She's still asleep. So I'm like, hey, wake up. I tr- open the blinds. I'm like, hey, time to get up. Get up. And yeah. she goes, I don't like all this passive aggressiveness. <laughs> You're being so rude. I'm like, you fucking bitch. Uh, I woke you up twice. Yeah. Sweet. And I told you the reason why I didn't want this shit and you yeah. still didn't wake up. And now, because she knows that once I'm awake, I'm awake. Yeah. It's game over. Right. I was like, and I slept four or five hours now because of you, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, sweetie. I didn't mean that. You fucking asshole. <laughs> is, is this like a common thing? Is this like a this common is, This is a common thing where she never wakes up. For, mm. or for alarm yeah. and I hate it because yeah, yeah. it wakes me up and we sleep in the same bed sure now I have to move to another spot right. with a bigger place so I can sleep in a separate room <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's like uh, that's almost like the foundation uh, that I hear to like a long term marriage is to have separate rooms yeah it's like it's like really healthy for a relationship yeah my, my parents don't even sleep in the same bed and they love each other yeah it's because my dad snores too much he's too mm. hot so she just goes right, sleeps right, right. in the living room because it's way more comfortable and it's cooler there yeah that's it. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no like they don't love each other. It's more like I'm old. I want to be comfortable. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to sleep. He snores. I want to sleep. Yeah. Who says I have to sleep in the same bed with you every night? Right. You know? And so she sleeps in the living room on like the little tamyo and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Super hard floor. Yeah. But that visual is so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> just seeing like a Korean Ajima just, yeah. yeah. Just laying on the floor. Yeah. And that's her preferred no, place even to sleep. No, no pillow. No. It's just her hands. It's the square pillow. <laughs> yeah, like, it's the square. The most, oh, what is that? That is the most I uncomfortable pillow. Is that a pillow? It's a pillow. It's a Korean pillow. What is that thing? Yeah. I don't know. But like they would say, this is good for your neck. It's not. It's the worst right. thing for your neck. Right. 
And it's like it's like made of like fifty year old like grains. Like I don't even know what it is, but like yeah, there's like potty inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My Hanumaji would sleep on that shit all the time, yeah. dude. And I would see him sleep with his neck propped. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not good for your posture. This is killing you. It's not good for your posture. Yeah. I know for a fact it's not. And he would just like sit there and just argue with me. Like no, it's good. I'm like no. Right. It's not fucking good for you. Your <laughs> neck is dying. Yeah. Did you like Korean people like to be in pain? I think that's what it is. Yes, I think that's what it is. They've just accepted like a certain amount. Like the way we massage each other. Yeah. <laughs> the way we the dis- scrubbing. <laughs> like even our shower scrub, it's like the roughest thing like on the face of this planet. Like who uses that, you know? Like, you know when you go to like a like the the sauna. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just like I got it once, I never did it again. It's brutal. It was so fucking right. painful. Right. And it was like this I just she just going in yeah. on me, dude. Yeah, yeah. He did not give a fuck about no, me. No, he's not even speaking to you. He's yeah. just going in. Yeah. And he would be like, he was scrubby, and he was like, he was showing me the fucking thing. He's like, look, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> like, dog, that was perfectly good skin. You just ripped it off me. It's not, it's not dirty. It's there's blood coming out. You bastard. <laughs> Walking out, look like you're sunburned. Like, <laughs> dog, I think when I came out, I was just this beautiful pink. Yeah. <laughs> fucking kidding me what did you do this to uh, me but uh, my mom was just like this is good because my mom used to do that shit to me as a kid yeah and so when i when i went there for the first time i thought it was going to be something similar to that and it fucking was <laughs> and I, he told me I, I had to hold the table because he was rocking yeah. my so hard <laughs> i was just like it's going in on it i uh, did i just remembered i'm screaming uh, in pain yeah <laughs> Fucking Korean sauna stuff is such a weird thing, dude. It really is. Yeah. Have you ever been to the ones in Korea? Oh, I've never been. Man, like they have a whole system worked out where it's like, it's. I mean, I feel like the intended use is just for like drunk husbands to like not go home. Oh, right. Like they okay. just have a place to just pass out in every once in a while. But uh, yeah, it was like my first time in Korea and like I was just with like family and friends and we we're all just sitting there naked for the first time just seeing each other. And I was like, yeah, that the, the, that whole experience was just like a like a real trip for me, but in some weird way, just like a great bonding trip. Where it's like when you have your coaches out, it's like <laughs> there's some barrier that's already just you know it's, it's lifted, like, and you can just connect on it. I know your soul, dude. Yeah, through your penis, yeah, I know your literally, soul. Literally, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's so weird because I, Korean people, I feel like. They can be so homophobic, but we do some pretty gay shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, how can you be so homophobic? I love it. It's like we we, we shower butt naked with right. each other all the time. So it, it was right. it was always, and you know, like in Korean churches too, slapping in the ass, all this other stuff. Right. But then it was so weird. Like when the church, there was such a huge thing about homophobia. I was like, but we do a lot of like what other American people would consider gay. Right. You know, so right, I always right, thought right. that was like a weird thing. Right. Like the one way to attack people is to give people tongchins where you take two fingers and you stick it up somebody's butt. <laughs> or the butthole. otobai where you're yeah, just like, yeah, you know the otobai. Yeah. <laughs> Dog, I fucking hate that shit. That's <laughs> the worst. Dude, people, people don't even know what the fuck that shit is. It's yeah. basically where you grab somebody's fucking legs and you put their foot right at their fucking chode area and you vibrate your leg as hard as possible. Yeah. And you fuck them up because it's painful and it tickles <laughs> yeah so bad that's the thing you don't know whether you're supposed to like it or the, you know and i do i so you know we learn all that through like church and just like korean kids just being stupid right yeah i didn't recognize that that was a korean thing growing up as a kid so i remember when i did that i think it was like i went over to like one of my like white friends like uh, place mm-hmm. and there's like five of us just fucking around and like i remember i just did that on somebody uh-huh. and the kid just looked at me like yo what are you doing <laughs> 
like get out of my house, man. And I like it just clicked. I was like, oh, oh this is Korean. It's thing. a very Korean thing, you know. But I, you know, I, I love it, man. We have our own ways of having fun. That happened to Edric too, where he hurt himself, um, and he was at like his uh, Mexican homie's house. And then he, he he didn't know that a Band-Aid was called a Band-Aid. Yeah. Because his mom called it Bendigy the whole time. He came up to his mom. He was like, oh, can I get a Bendigy? And they're like, what? A Bendigy. I'm, I'm bleeding. Yeah. Like, and then she couldn't figure out what the fuck this Korean kid was saying. Yeah. And she was like, a Band-Aid? And he was like, it's called a Band-Aid this yeah. whole time? Because he called it Bendigy his whole fucking life. Yeah. That's yeah. that weird, unique, Korean, like Asian-American or immigrant experience mm. that a lot of people don't understand. Totally. It's like when your cultures mesh and you don't even fucking know. Right. You, you literally don't know. Like right. there was this guy in uh, San Francisco. He got sued be- or sued or he either went to jail. I can't remember what it was because he gave his white friend a tongchim. He got sued. He got sued or some shit. Wow. He gave him a tongchim. Was, and it was at work or like? No, it wasn't at work. Oh, it was okay. like just them chilling or some shit. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it was based on, but right. it was this huge thing. In I just want to know the events that led to that. <laughs> you know, because it's one thing to just read it on the news and be like, this happened. Yeah. But like there had to be steps in leading yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. Like how long were they friends? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what was the conversation they had before? <laughs> you know? like, yeah. And I couldn't stop laughing at that situation. But it was like, I bet you to the Korean guy, he's just like, what the fuck, yeah, man? What, yeah. We're Dochi <laughs> friends. Now we're good friends. This is best friend shit. You don't just do that to a regular friend. This is some best friend stuff. We're supposed to be this. Uh, that, that reminds me of the Chappelle carrot in the ass bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's oh, just man. so fucking funny to me, man. Yeah. Just like, that's so true. Because I, I know that anybody who don't teamed you, this yeah. like, dude, friends for life. It really is. Yeah. They say we're really good friends. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. They just go, boop. Yeah, because even amongst Koreans, like I couldn't do that to you. Like you, you need to set up like a yeah, we certain need, we type need, of we need relationship. A couple months before you don't cheat me. Totally, man. I can't just go right into it. That's just rude. That's terrible. Yeah, you gotta have better dunchi than that. Yeah. <laughs> but Korean dunchi and white and fucking pegging people dunchi is yeah, different, dude. Completely off. It's way fucking yeah, different, yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's what I do like about Korean being Korean, though. There, even though I don't do it as much as other people do, I still do have like this level of revelry and respect for people who are older mm. you know like mm. i do understand that boundary to a certain to a certain sure. extent i just don't like it when people force it upon me right. and they right. expect me to just be like hey man call me young i'm like i'm calling you fucking young dude yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. you like that dude <laughs> like sure. that was the hard part when i moved here man like yeah. all these like like k-town cats that i met they're like oh how old are you i was like yeah i'm like, I'm like Yo, what's up pete and they're like young i'm like nah pete yeah like no <laughs> and they just stand down like oh, okay <laughs> yeah and i'm a big fucking guy yeah, too and i think yeah. that was like a little shocking for them yeah they're yeah. like oh it's like oh you're doing this i was in k-town but like i'm right. not from k-town i'm from sacramento man yeah yeah you're pete <laughs> yeah i same like i i i only reserve the the usage of young for only like a specific amount of people it's just people that i respect and mm-hmm. you know, that's about it but like somebody that i call young is this chinese dude that i know <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, because he's like an older brother to me, yeah. so I call him young, and he still doesn't know to this day what the hell you're calling. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. He goes, "My name is Walter." <laughs> God damn it, man! <laughs> he keeps calling me young. It's not my name. He's just so angry at me. <laughs> but it, to me, that 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 word has or just a lot of weight to it. Yeah. You know, totally. Because I call totally. I call my actual older. I have one older brother. I call him Hyung, right? Because I've been calling that. I've never called him by his name, John. The one time I called him John once, he slapped me in my face, right? Right. And it was, right. I did it to piss him off. Yeah. But I've never called him John. Yeah, yeah. You know that. Yeah, that's exactly the reason why. Like, I, that's probably the proudest thing I'm about our community is Dunchi. 
Mm. Like, I mean, for people that don't know what that is, like, I, I don't even think there's a direct translation yeah. in the English language, but it's like, it's having like awareness, but it's more than that. It goes beyond it's that. It's like social common sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's all, it's all of that wrapped into one. And, uh, it's, I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, when people don't have that, especially people my age or mm. older, it, it pisses me off. Oh yeah. I'm just like, what is happening? What is going on? You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm an idiot, but the fact that I can at least have this much sense, it's like, why, why aren't you on the same page as me? Yeah. You know, yeah. when adult doesn't have it, it's the most annoying thing on earth. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fucking, I'm, I had a, I told the story where I had this roommate who, um, he invited, first of all, in this K-Town apartment that I used to live in, he invited a bunch of people over some shit that didn't give us a heads up. Mm. And this, he, he said that their friends could stay over at our apartment when he paid the least amount of rent for two weeks. Mm. Didn't even ask us. Jeez. No fucking dunchi at all. You know, and then him knowing me, he yeah. should know who I am as a person. Right, they right. literally came to the door with all their luggage. I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And I go, what's up? And they're like, oh, like, I'm a friend of this guy. It's like, he said we could stay here for a couple of weeks. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. He doesn't pay much rent here. He doesn't really have a say in that. So you could wait outside until he comes in. <laughs> and I just closed the door. <laughs> and they just waited out there for like two or three hours or some shit. And they went yeah. to go get stuff to eat. And they came back. And he goes, he came in. He was like, oh, let me. I could hear him talk over. He was like, I'll talk to him real quick. And mm-hmm. I was like, he goes, hey, can my friend stay over? I was like, no. Yeah. He's like, I pay the most rent here. Right. I basically pay for everything. Yeah. No. You're going to stand your ground. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, no, because you didn't ask us. Right. You should have asked us like a month ago when you found out Then maybe we would have been okay with a few days. Two weeks? Right. Are they going to pay us rent? Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, it was like, you want to walk out yeah. and give him that awkward conversation? Right. It's like, come on, bro. Like, sure. no fucking dunchi at all whatsoever. Right, right. You know, just not very considerate. Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, my, my problem is that, like, I have extremes of dunchi where mm-hmm. it's like, it's probably not the healthiest thing in terms of the industry that I'm in. Yeah. Because my dunchi is that I, I always feel like I'm bothering somebody mm. or that I don't want to bother somebody. Mm. You know, it, it's like that Korean oma complex I of like, I, the, the you know, yeah. like, I just want to, you know, just do my thing and not, you know, be a burden on anybody. Yeah. And like, I, I definitely have a little bit of that, but I think that also having that also prevents me from overstepping your boundaries too a lot yeah and uh i mean especially in an industry where you have to meet people where you have to you know kind of put yourself out there yeah you know it's like those are things that i I feel like i'm constantly it's always weird for me to even like even on this podcast like majority of the people that come on this podcast is just people that i know just because i like it that way sure but sometimes like i always get weird to ask people to come on the podcast it's like i don't want to take their time up yeah you know? Totally. It's like, damn, do I really want to take up like an hour of this person's time? Right, right, right. And then um, at the same time, then I have to think to myself, it's like, you're fucking friends, dude. You're going to kick it and talk anyway. It's like, yeah, oh, totally. just have them come on here and do it. Yo, even when I reached out to you, like I was like, I was on, uh, when I thought about reaching out to you, uh-huh. like I was driving, mm-hmm. I literally had to pull over the car because <laughs> I, I had to get my head straight. I'm like, all right, is he, he's, he'll probably be busy. Like, is he going to respond? All right. So like I had to pull over the car. I, I type it out. You know, I I, yeah. I do a little bit of editing. I delete it, and then you know, I'm like, I start the igni- uh, turn it back. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm fine. What am I doing? I'm being an idiot. I'm just gonna reach out. To and him. I just said, yeah. What do you want to come over? And I'm like, oh, that god damn! I just wasted like 25 minutes just w- with nonsense. Like yeah. he's like the nicest guy in the world. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you want to do it tomorrow? I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just some simple shit. That's because yeah. I'm always like that too. Yeah. You know, because yeah. if somebody else asks up something of me, I'm there immediately. Right. right. But then I can always get weirded out by asking somebody else to do something for me yeah it makes me i just feel like a burden sometimes totally totally you know totally. it's such a weird feeling to have especially yeah. in this industry where we can't do that right it's literally that that, that saying of closed mouths don't get fed right right 
and we, we're kind of just shooting ourselves in the foot. It's like we've developed good relationships with people, right. but then we still feel weird about asking them to work on something. Yeah. It's just, it's just dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah. I think that's why I'm excited for like the next generation of like, especially like Korean Americans. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm waiting for that like no fucks given, mm-hmm. like that that Korean kid that just comes out just blazing, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously we, you know, we're seeing, you know, uh, pockets of that, but uh, yeah, just, just to see a, a new crop of kids with like, they don't have that burden. You know, they, they don't they don't feel the need to, like, be subservient or to be quiet by any standards. I mean, yeah. you're already there. Yeah. I fucking envy the shit out of you. But, like, I think for the most of us, it's like we're we're like waiting for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it'll be it'll be a good day, man. I think uh, yeah. they're getting towards there. I just um, I just don't want people to lose that that Nunchi aspect. Though. Oh, my Lord. I, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a bit of a problem. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I I think I don't like. I could tell like it's kind of halfway there because some of these kids I have to call them out because they get a uh, they get super bold like behind closed doors. Like they'll mm, do it through Twitter. Right. They'll do it on their Instagram story or some shit. Right. But afterwards, you know, they come up and uh, but what, what I met in person was completely different. Totally. It's it's the, I I had to call this one person out where they um I was shooting something and this person. I kind of made a joke towards them mm-hmm. because, you know, we're shooting and it's clear the camera's there. Sure. You know, they're fans. So I thought they understood what was going on. Right. And then uh, later on, somebody uh, screen caps. They knew this person. They screen cap or they video recorded what they were doing and they tagged me. Yeah. And this person was saying like, yeah, like, David, so a fucking asshole. Like, Jesus. he said this shit to me and I, you know, I, I, you know, I squared up to him and I said all this stuff and he didn't say shit back. And I was like, What? I was like, who? Yeah. And I looked at the person. And I was like, oh, I know that person. He's <laughs> like, they didn't say anything. They just yeah. walked away. Right. And so I directly messaged the person. And I was like, oh, so you said some shit to me? I was like, we, I, cause I have a camera that recorded everything. I was like, you want me to, I could put this video out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a video of you coming up, saying something, I make a joke, and you just w- fucking sped walked off. Right, right. I was right. like, is that is that what you did? Right. And they're like, they were like, oh, no, I was just joking and stuff, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yo, keep that fucking same energy. Right, like, I'm glad right. that you're, what, you're bold or whatever, but if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Right. But they were just really just confident, like, going off into yeah. the camera afterwards. That could have been a World Star Hip Hop video. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see videos like that all the time. Like, exactly. people talking shit and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, up, what's yeah. wrong with you, man? Right, right. You know, and it's like, okay, they're like, oh, yeah, I just, I thought you were mad at me. I was like, bro, you watch my shit. Right. You saw the camera. I was performing the camera. You clearly know it's a joke. Sure. So it's like, don't, don't, don't do this little clout chasing thing. Like, cut right. that shit out. They deleted the stuff right after. <laughs> right. It's, it's also awkward at times where, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, people will be so forward, uh, you know, online, like you were saying. And, and when, when you meet them in person, uh, whether it's they feel uncomfortable or awkward, like, yeah, it, they don't say anything. Yeah. And that, that puts you in an awkward light, yeah. you know, and, you know, obviously the, you know, everyone has a bit of like social anxiety, but like, yeah, it's like, uh, this is completely different from what I expected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, now you're putting me in an awkward place. You know? yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. People have a certain expectation. Do you feel like when people meet you though, they have a certain expectation of who they expect you to be? Even mm-hmm. just from seeing your art? I I mean, if I, I, I really don't know if, if I had a, come up with anything i i would assume maybe like just the awkward like brooding mm-hmm. artist wh- whatever that romantic construct yeah is yeah yeah what people think is an artist um yeah i, I don't know like i i hope it's not anything negative you know I, yeah I, I try my hardest not to put that type of energy out there but uh yeah i don't know I, it's definitely it's definitely not a question that i ask to people 
Like, how am I coming off right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can tell me afterwards. Yeah. It's like, can I, can I ask you something, man? Yeah. Who, how do I, how, what do I, what vibe do I give yeah, off? <laughs> yeah. For, forget these paintings, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had this little fucking funny joke. So when I was in Vegas, I don't know why this, this, this came up to me. Where, uh, <laughs> I was in Vegas recently and I was trying to get a, a, a regular massage. And it was the hardest thing for me to You had a purpose find. regular. I, like a regular yeah. fucking massage, like an hour yeah. body massage. Yeah. But it, apparently anything past 9 p.m., it's a jack-off massage. Sure. And I was just like, I was getting so pissed because yeah. I just wanted a regular fucking massage. But yeah. I thought, I was like, and I literally said at a certain point, I was like, what if what if I just paid you to talk to me? Yeah, yeah. So we just talk about our fucking feelings, huh? Right. How about that? <laughs> you know? Right, but right. they just wouldn't give me a fucking uh, regular massage. Uh. It I guess like because it just wasn't enough money. Yeah. They'd rather just do that. And then get more money for a shorter amount of time. Sure, sure. So I was getting so pissed, and I was like, "What would it be really funny?" And the encounter could could possibly end faster. Yeah, oh for sure. You know, like that awkwardness. Like I was yeah. so spiteful at that point. I was yeah. just like, "You just wait to see how much I'm not going to come, dude." I'll <laughs> <laughs> be completely relaxed, not strain my legs, yeah. and just see what fucking happens, and just make you work for it, you bitch. Like because yeah. you wouldn't give me a massage. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, "What if?" I was like, "Can people just?" Literally just sit there and then talk to a fucking, uh, I guess, what is she, is that considered a prostitute? What do you mean? A handjob masseuse and just tell them, like, I'll pay you an hour just to, uh, same price just for us to talk. Like, you have to talk to me. Uh, like, feelings. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I've seen in movies that people do that with, like, call girls and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, isn't that with Pretty Woman? Like, I mean, he just well, wants to hang out. And, I know yeah. that there are certain people that, uh, I really wanted to interview this girl, but I couldn't get her on, but yeah. she is, um, I forgot what the term is, but like a femdom, dom femme or something like that. But basically where she just dominates these dudes. Mm. And it's these guys who are in uh, high positions. They are people who are highly successful. Right. They're always at, they're always top dog. They they boss everybody around. They're, sure. in, they're in a lot of power. And so they like to be bullied. Totally. And punk. They like their balls stepped on, spit on, whatever. <laughs> like she, uh. she was telling me that um, uh, she has a client who literally – she has to call him like a piece of shit, all this trash, and she'll tell him like, "Give me your credit card so I can fucking max it out, and so I can spend everything." Jesus. And then he has to be on all fours like a fucking dog. And so, like, and there's other people too within that realm where they just literally pay her a yeah. monthly stipend yeah. on the weekends to come over and act like she's a wife. Wow. And so she'll spend the night there. Yeah. She'll wake up, make breakfast. They'll spend time together. They'll take pictures as if like they're they're a long. Cup like they're married, right? Right. Just and sitting she at gets the paid table. like six or seven grand a month just to do that. Wow, yeah. isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For her to pretend to be a wife to to fulfill this one part, I guess like what she was explaining to me was like he went through a couple of really nasty divorces, uh -huh. but he loved the good parts of that marriage. Sure. So she just recreates the best parts of a marriage. Yeah. yeah. And all the bad stuff, he doesn't have to deal with it, and he just pays her that money. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? I mean, we're all lost in some way, you know? We're all missing something. I was just thinking to myself, like, yeah. how rich is this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. how fucking rich are you? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy to me. Right, right. She just has to play pretend two days out two days out the week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're at that point in life where you, you have that much money, it's like those traditional roles of what a family is, it's like exactly. that, that doesn't even exist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't, Like, I think I... I the weird thing about me is I do enjoy the the parts where I fight though in terms of like what develops after the fight because you get to know that person a little more sure right you're always working out the kinks yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah. it gets better and right. better every time 
Yeah. It'll never be perfect, but it always gets a little bit better and we learn a little bit more about each other. There's totally. like things that from fights I got to know more about Mariel's family history, right. how she felt because she grew up in terms of like a, having an identity crisis, hers yeah. was the biggest. Like, yeah. she'll, she'll talk David, about it. So, I got to fucking take another piss. I'm so sorry. Oh, go ahead, dude. <laughs> dude. It's all this goddamn coffee. <laughs> dude, I'm so sorry, man. Did you see me like swerving for like So, um, yeah, we're uh, just about to wrap up this podcast real soon. But I forgot what the fuck. Well, where's my train of thought at right now? What the fuck were we talking about? Uh, Mariel and uh, she, she oh, yeah. had some identity issues. So Mariel, she's probably yes. had like the biggest identity issues because she grew up all over the place. Okay. She was, she was like, I think she was born here, moved to, she went to international school in Korea mm. and then she moved back here. So she didn't really have a good place of understanding where she belonged. Mm. So Mariel actually speaks four languages. So oh, she wow. She speaks Korean, Japanese, Mandarin, and English. Holy cow. Fluently. That's amazing. She'll read and write in all of them. Jesus. It's, just, it's pretty fucking crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. So her sense of identity has always been a little weird, mm. right? Because she lived in Japan for a little bit. She lived in Taiwan for a bit, too. So mm. she, she has, like, certain places that she goes to that always feels like home, but it's not, it's not just one place. Right. And um, for her, interestingly enough, Chino, I think she grew up in Chino. Yeah, she grew up in, like, Chino Hills, the Diamond Bar area. Mm. But to her, I feel like to her, that doesn't even feel like home. Mm. Like, Taiwan feels more like home to her. Mm. It's like a lot of these spots where she grew up that she developed as a human being. Yeah, made her feel more grounded there. Mm-hmm. So when we go back to Taiwan, it's crazy how she, it's been years since she's lived there. But we'll go back to like this place that says uh, this Taiwanese uh, ice dessert called Dohua, mm-hmm. and it's just like this small little hawker stall area. And the lady fucking still remembers Mariel, like wow. remembers her right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. You know, and those are the things that she goes back to that makes her smile and feel good. Right. But I don't know if she feels that way when she goes to like Chino Hills, like where she went to high school with. But right. she'll feel that way when she goes to Korea or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. her sense of identity is all over the place. Are those places options for her to move there later in life? You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know if she could. I think living there is a little harder just because of the weather. Mm, Taiwan's so, so it's, humid. It's humid typhoons right. all the time. Right. And, you know, I think. You know, we once you live in California. <laughs> we got a good. We got a real good. It's kind of hard to leave, dude. It really is. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't care what people. I've been to like I say at least thirty or four thirty ish states now. Right. Just traveling, doing stand up and stuff. Right. California is where it's at. I used to come here for vacations, and now I don't leave. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's vacation yeah. all the time. Dude. Yeah. 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 It's eighty degrees right now, and ninety degrees outside right now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fall. Totally. You know, so I, I I definitely feel like Cali is like the best place to be. But yeah. oh shit. Dude, we're fucking hour and thirty in. Using man, that flew by fast, real quick, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, man, I fucking really love nice. it, dude. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, plug your shit one more time before yeah. before we cut off. Yeah, I have a uh, art exhibit coming up uh, in downtown LA, Little Tokyo, called No Wave Gallery. N O H W A V E. November sixteenth. It's a Saturday night, so if you're in town, please make it out, and it should be fun. Perfect. Hey, uh, you guys can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, every single audio platform out there. 
check out this man's stuff. Like his stuff is legit. Like it makes you feel shit. All right. It makes you feel fucking things right in your soul, man. And I always say too, like every time I'm, I'm, I guess I would be in the position of somebody who's envious of what you do because I've always wanted to like paint and draw. I just mm. have, I just have moose knuckles for hands and I can't fucking do it. My, my brother, he's like a cart. He did. He originally wanted to be a cartoon artist. Yeah. So he, can like doodle and sketch like anime shit like that yeah, yeah. i wanted to follow his footsteps but all my shit looked like ninja turtles well the grass is always greener because it's right back at you man yeah. doing what man to be a clown <laughs> like, the only difference is i don't have a red nose <laughs> no but for real like uh, lastly yeah uh you know you've you've been a supporter of mine and uh more importantly a great friend so i, I really appreciate you man, oh, man. anytime yeah. dude all right y'all we'll see y'all next time thank you peace cheers